Right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to my YouTube page, Upload Past Crossroads. And I, and just in case you're watching from Terry's YouTube page, Terry Phillips, uh, Terry J. Phillips. We're about to change the name of that one. Uh, welcome to that page as well. And his ministry, Vessels of Victory Ministry. And then welcome to just if you're watching from Justin's YouTube channel, Chaplain Logs. Thank you for tuning in. And I pray that you share this video because, you know, it's about to be crazy. All right. So this is a continuation of the Sunday school lesson that we've uh, been doing and talking about on our YouTube channels. And the Sunday school lesson is the text is John 11, verse uh, 17 to 27, and then verses uh, four, 38 to 44, right? And so I'm going to share my yeah. screen so you guys know what videos to watch, all right? So again, uh, make sure to subscribe to Terry's YouTube channel, Terry, Terry Phillips. We're going to change the name to Terry J. Phillips, so get ready for that. And make sure to subscribe to Justin's YouTube channel, Chaplain Locks. And then you already know my YouTube channel, uh, Upload Past Crossroads. Uh, what was I going to show you guys? Okay, yes, here. All right, so here goes the other two videos Terry and I did on John 11. And we did verses 17 to 24 on the first video. And then the other video was verses 25 to 27. And then I think verses 38 to 40. And now, we're again, we're finishing that those lessons this sunday school lesson on verses 41 to 44 today so we're going to give you a little setting real quick so i'll let uh justin and uh terry take over talking about the setting so you guys know what's going on in john 11 real quick so you guys got the floor yeah i'm not sure how much you guys have already gone over in your previous videos like i just find the setting really interesting because Jesus actually knew that Lazarus was sick. He didn't have much time. Days before, and like then he heard he had. Uh, then when he he heard about his passing, then he started towards there. And his disciples and his friends were imploring him to go heal Lazarus. He didn't. And I, I find it really interesting because hindsight's always twenty twenty. You kind of Jesus had a plan of why he didn't come like it's the the glory of god so at this time when, when jesus is calling out to god this is all all the context of it is that it's all part of his plan like he the rings where gandalf is saying a wizard is never late he's always on time and this um lazar jesus actually wanted Lazarus to fully glorify God. I, I won't get like too much into the some for the verses that we go into, but I just find it amazing that um, fullness, you get to really appreciate the fullness of God's plan and grace. Yeah, yeah. You know, you uh, I see in like John eleven thirty eight, it says, Jesus, therefore, again, groaning in himself. You know, we, we continue on from the last video where we talk about that groaning. You know, um, it, it was, you know, I, I believe it was a combination of frustration and seeing the lack of faith in his followers. But I believe it was also, you know, an act of him seeing the opposition of the enemy and realizing that he has total victory over the enemy. And he said, you know, it was a cave and it was a stone lay upon it. You know, I want to speak to the people tonight that are in a, an impossible situation. 
that kind of see their situation as being impossible. Maybe it's you tonight that um, that we're speaking to that's maybe in a dark place, like, you know, a place, a cave in your life, you know, uh, a dark place. And maybe there's a stone upon it and maybe you don't see any way out. You know, I like what Justin said because he was saying that, you know, it's all for the glory of God. You know, in the Jewish culture, they believe that the body of a person after they passed away, that the spirit would float around the body for three days. But after four days, the, the, the spirit would be gone and the body would be dead. And, and I like how God will allow situations to become dead to us to the point where he can make them alive again and show us how just awesome he is. And I like how Jesus already knew the end from the beginning. And he had, the, you know, what I love about Jesus is, is he was a radical. He would just say radical things and a group of radical people. And they would look at him like he was crazy. They said, who is this guy that would say such crazy things in such a place as this where he could be attacked or killed at any moment? For his very words, but yet he didn't care because he knew exactly who he was and he knew exactly what he could do. And in verse 1139, it says, Jesus said, take ye away the stone. Uh, hey, look, I'm going to speak to you tonight and say that if God says it, then it must be true. And if God says it can be done, then I'm just crazy enough to believe that it really can. And I believe that there may be some stones upon your life tonight that you need him to remove. And he says he's about ready to take it out of your life. Can you shout amen? Mm -hmm. He's about ready to take it out. And he said, Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinks, for he has been dead four days. Man, we could camp out right here and just have revival. We could just have a revival right now. We could just speak life back into the lives of those who have allowed themselves to become dead. And we could say right now that God allows circumstances to look like they've been dead. You know, I've been in a place that was so dark that it looked like it was dead. And I didn't know if I was ever going to find my way back out. But there was a preacher man named Justin who came and saw me and said, hey, man, there's hope. You know, I, I want you to know that in your dark place, there's hope, man. There's a place where God will bring you to. I know sometimes God seems like he's late, but he never is. He's always on time. He always brings you out of your situation. And sometimes he'll allow the darkness to come to the point where it's never too late, but it's always on time. But yet he wants you to know that it's him and nobody else. Oh, I feel like preaching the night. I feel like church is about to happen, Justin. I feel like church is about to happen, Chris. What do you think? Hey, we're about to have church. We need to read the verses. <laughs> I, I totally forgot to read the verses. <laughs> I'm sitting here looking at your faces and y'all just drawing in. Come on, man. Preach it. Yeah, you said so many things I want to touch on, but I'm going to read the verses before dig into it. Man, right. that's stuff, though. I like that. All right, yeah, I'm about to read the verses for everybody. So, again, guys, uh, for this video, we're going to focus on verses 41 and 44 of John 11. But I'm going to go ahead and read the whole context, uh, the, all the verses of the Sunday school lesson that we did video, uh, you know, again, that we already done videos on and talking about these verses. 
you know, doing expository preaching and commentary through it. And so, yeah, we're just focusing on verses 41 to 44 today. So let's go ahead and start reading. And I'm, again, I'm starting from John 11, uh, verses 17 through 20. All right. So let me make it bigger so everybody can see it. All right. So then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now, Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlows off. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it to thee. Jesus said unto her, thou brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, him, I know that he shall rise again, the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. And he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believeth thou this? She saith unto him, Yeah, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. Jesus therefore again groaning in himself, coming to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Mar Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou believest, if thou wouldest believe it, that thou shouldst see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hast hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus said unto them, loose him and let him go. All right, guys, we're going to tear up these, these verses, okay? So, again, the focus of this video is John 11, verse 41 through 44. All right, so. Justin, Man, did you I have just want to jump in you say? 41 real fast because I, I like that. It shows a pattern that Jesus always miracles are healing he assesses the faith of the person um like for the for the blind man or for the lame man he always like where they were at spiritually he met them where they were at the this is more of a presentation too which, which i love the stone is representing are we going to be like once that stone stone got moved away that showed that we were making a way for jesus we formed that miracle like he he don't don't you think jesus in all his raise a hand and push the stone on the way yeah of course but no he, he assessed okay martha is that once he got martha on board then they moved the stone away that was the representation to let jesus do his thing they were going to let, let god do his thing so i love that that how we're starting. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I, I love, I love the, I, I live in a place called the possibility because if we don't live there, we'll never have hope for the future. We'll never have hope to see ourselves out of the other side of our situation. And I love verse uh, 41 that says, then they, 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 it, it took a group. It took, it took more than one. 
It took somebody to get in agreement with what God said I can have. It took somebody to say, I believe in you and I believe in the word and I believe in the promise. It took somebody to say, hey, I'm going to believe in what God has promised you and I'm going to help you take that stone from the place where the dead was laid. You know, sometimes we need somebody to shake us up in our situation and say, quit living like the dead. Quit living like the dead. I'm going to help you take away that rock that has blinded you and has kept you in that place for so long of the dead. And I'm going to help take that thing away to help you walk in total victory. I said total victory. You know, I'm one of those victory guys. I believe in victory. You can ask anybody I know and they'll tell you. I always talk about victory. But it says, then they took away the stone from that place where the dead was laid. You know, sometimes we need somebody to help us in our situation. And Jesus lifted up his eyes. You know, there's something about a corporate worship. And it's just something about somebody getting in agreement with you when you can worship together that gets them that gets the heart of God to move in your situation. You know, sometimes we when we can get somebody to say hallelujah, when we can get somebody to say an amen, we can get someone to say even a praise hallelujah. We can get together and we can we can start to worship God and and we enter and he starts to intervene in our situation. And it says that we got God's attention and it says that Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. You know, sometimes we got to just get somebody we got to get somebody to get in agreement with us where we can shake the very core of heaven and say, God, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. You know, somebody within the sound of my voice tonight says, I need God to hear me. Am I speaking to you tonight? Am I speaking to you? Am I saying that? Are you hearing me say that you need God to hear you tonight? I want you to know that I'm your labor bearer. Uh, the three of us here tonight are willing to help you roll that rock away of your life to get that breakthrough that you said you've been promised that you've been promised by God and that you've been waiting for for so long but yet you haven't seen the breakthrough. I know somebody understands what I'm talking about. Somebody's been long suffering, somebody's been laboring in the night, somebody's been laboring in the darkness, somebody's been laboring upon their knees and they're saying, you know, I need I'm in I'm in a desperate place. I'm in a desperate situation and I need God to move in my life. Is it, am I talking to you tonight if you say I am then say amen. Shout amen, because amen is is who Jesus is. It's like sealing your prayer with the great amen. The revelation says that, that Jesus is the great amen. So when you seal your prayers in the great amen, you're actually saying in Jesus' name. And so when you say in Jesus' name, you're sealing your prayer in the blood of Jesus Christ, which means the God of heaven hears it, and he is obligated to answer it and to hear it and to respond to that prayer. And tonight we're going to stand in agreement with you and believe God that he's going to hear your prayer tonight, hear your cries, and that he's going to deliver you from your situation. Can you shout amen? We are here to help you remove that rock from your life. Amen. Yeah. And that's what the whole point of this video is. Like this lesson today, John 11, verse 41 to 44, it all starts off with Jesus praying for the most part, right? Uh, and, but before he even prayed, before he did anything, people had to do something, right? And, and I'm gonna say it a few times in the video, but uh, first point I got is is things are bound to happen when Jesus prays. Like this ain't just somebody praying. This is Jesus praying. This is God, this is God praying. Praying. Like, and that's who we got praying for us on our behalf. He's our high priest, our great high priest. He's the highest priest of them all. He's the one that intercedes for us and does everything for us. The things that you don't pray about, do you pray about everything you should? I mean, do you do you talk to God about everything that you should? That's a heck no. 
Like, there's so much stuff you should pray for. But you want to know who backs you up? Jesus. And he does it for all of us. Everybody. That is crazy. <laughs> you know, because too many people of all time. And Jesus prays for us. He intercedes for us. He's there for us. He comforts us. Come on, man. Things are bound to happen when Jesus prays, man. What's he about to do? He's about to do something with when he prays, right? The second point I got was is being partakers and co-workers. I love that saying in the Bible, being a partaker and co-worker with the Lord. That's what you are. Like the narrative starts off in verse 41. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. Why did they do it? Because Jesus commanded it. And when God commands you to do something, you better do it. Otherwise, you're going to miss out on the blessing. Because when Jesus prays and when he intercedes for you, nothing can be done if you don't do your part. Everybody has a part to play. I'm going to wait to talk about that because it's going to come back like on verse 42, I think. But anyways, uh, by how did they? How were they a partaker? By moving away the stone, you know? And so uh, I'm, I'll talk about it later because I don't want to spoil it yet. But uh, another point I had was, you know, Jesus already thanked God before it happened, right? It said in verse 41 of John 11, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said to the Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. Like, <laughs> that's how he started out the prayer. <laughs> Him and God already had this conversation. He already knew at the very beginning in John 11, verse 4, Lazarus is about to die. All the disciples and everybody else freaking out, like the messengers that went to Jesus initially, the messenger that went to Jesus that was sent from Martha and Mary to tell Jesus that Lazarus was sick. Everybody's downtrodden. Everybody's like, man, Lazarus is about to be died. And Jesus took his time to get to Lazarus. That's what we've been talking about. And, Je and he took his time because he already knew Lazarus is about to die. But this is about to happen for God's glory, for everybody to know who I am and that he sent me. And that not just that, I hear from the Father and the Father hears from me, right? And that's one of the things that Martha said. Martha said in verse 22, which was the most powerful thing that she said out of everything she said, and it showed her faith. She said in John 11, verse 22, but I know that even now whatsoever doubt will ask God, God will give it to thee. She may not have believed that Jesus was could raise Lazarus from the dead on the fourth day or would do it because she was just thinking, in the resurrection day, you know, in the last day. That's what she was thinking about. But sometimes God operates differently based on your faith. So, <laughs> oh, man. My, my video just messed up. Oh, sorry, God. I'm sharing my monitor and my screen. All right, cool. All right. And then my last point was, you know, who does God hear from? Right? That is a deep question. Because he only hears from certain people. And there's so many scripture verses that talks about it. Like First Peter chapter 3, verse 12 says, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and he his ears are open to their prayer. It's open to the righteous. What about the wicked? But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So if you don't practice the word, if you don't do what God says, if you don't keep his word, you're not keeping his word if you don't fulfill what the word said to do. God told the people to move the stone. If you didn't move the stone, you won't see the goodness of God. You, your prayers won't be answered. You won't get to see those those things that are dead in your life come alive again like Martha and Mary's about to see. And it's, it's so much with this, man. Like John 9, verse 31, we know that God does not listen to sinners. It starts off saying that. But who, if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. This is why Jesus has such a great connection with God, because Jesus was sinless, right? So imagine if you just did your earnest to follow God's will, what would happen? Because some people think that, you know, yeah, I told Justin about it. I don't, I, don't, I don't think I told you, Terry. I won't tell the story. But basically, some people think that, uh, how did he say it? 
repent and be saved is of the devil. Some people think that, you know, you don't have to practice the word. You don't have to obey the word to be saved, right? You don't have to follow what the gospel says and obey it to go to heaven, right? But if you love, if you love me, won't you do what I say? That's John 14, 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. In Luke 6, verse 46, Jesus said, and why you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things which I say, right? This is why the father and son had a relationship that we don't, that, that's really hard to have with God. Because when you practice sin, you're only drawing yourself away from God, right? So I'll stop talking, man. There's so much to say with that, with verse 41. Uh, y'all ready to go to verse 42? Y'all want to say something with verse 41? Well, I mean, I just believe that, you know, there was a place that he knew that whatever he said his father was going to hear. Why? Because he knew he who he was in the father. I believe we as the believers, we need to understand that when we're saved, that we are the sons of God and that we have a right to talk to our father. And once we know that we have the right to talk to our father, we understand that he's going to hear our cries, you know. And I believe that God always wants to show up in a situation not only to honor us as his sons, but to honor himself as God, because he wants to show people that he is God all by himself. You know, it says that, but because the people would stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. You know, there's a confirmation that comes from the sons of God, <coughs> that God gives the sons of God because they are the sons of God. And he gives them that, that, um, that confirmation that he needs for people to understand that you can come to me too and be as equal as they are. Yeah. Were you going to say something, Justin? Yeah, and I just like the Jesus did. If you look at it specifically for our benefit as well, it's like what Sean was pretty much already knows what Jesus is going to ask for. That's why Jesus was thinking. If you think about it, he doesn't really need to ask or thank him right away. Why is he looking up? This is for our own benefit. This is for our own to be an example in early earlier verses as well uh, throughout the gospel you see jesus waking up god and thanking god like if anyone already has an instant connection with god like he doesn't have to keep talking to the father or he doesn't have to keep giving him credit but we know who the power comes from it's yeah we know it's so it's so easy to treat, um, I think Sean and I have said before, it's easy in the bottle and just like ask for things or ask for prayers. But no, that's not how it works. We we develop a rapport. We develop a relationship with God on these things. Just grant miracles right, right away. Like Jesus is looking up, up in verse 4. You have to know where that source of power is coming from. He says, I thank you you, you because he questioned it um but he already knows so we know has already um answered this prayer of jesus going into 42 i want to since we're about to go into it but he's saying like i knew you would always hear me but i said this for the best shows that jesus is leading by example of what we should do like what the man yeah what the prayer should be like Jesus gives us an example of how thanks to God, how we should um, hallow out his name. So I just 
There's small, small details, but every action that Jesus does is for us. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the biggest points I had with verse 42, man. Like, everything that Jesus did is for you and me, and everything mm -hmm. that God does, or Jesus does, is for our edification, for our benefit, for our good, right? Amen. We don't think it's good, right? And, like, Jesus, this is actions, right? Love is action. You can't love somebody if you don't act on the love that you're proclaiming to show them, right? And Jesus, through action, was praying out loud, for everybody else's benefit, for all the witnesses, all the onlookers uh, of Jesus, of Lazarus' death, and all the onlookers of Jesus about to raise him from the dead. So he was, and some people think you have to pray loud for God to hear you. The louder you pray, the more he'll hear you. Like the longer you pray, the more he'll hear you. That's not true. All right. So Jesus only prayed loud for the benefit of everybody else. So there's a time and a place for everything. There's a season for everything, right? And then something else too was uh, that I had to say was, and I didn't get to say it earlier, you know, in this Christian life, you have a part to play and God has a part to play, right? So Jesus told him in verse, it told the onlookers in verse 41 to uh, remove the stone. Then in verse 44, he's going to say, loose him and let him go. So take off the grave clothes, take off the napkin and loose him and let him go. So he's commanding these people to be a part of this miracle, right? This is how God operates with us. You know, God does, he could do it all by himself. He doesn't need us, right? If he wanted to do a miracle, he could have removed the uh, napkin and the grave clothes from Lazarus. He could have removed the tomb by himself. But instead, he told the people to do it because God wants you to be a partaker, a co-worker in what he's doing. So one of the points I had was, although friends could remove the stone and the grave clothes, only the Lord could call the dead forth from the tomb. So there's some things you can't do that God can do. God can do the impossible. You can't. You are limited. God is limitless, right? So we need to stop trying to be God and trying to do what it, what only he can do. God is over the increase. You ain't do nothing with the increase. That goes back to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, what me and Justin talked about. You remember that, Justin, like how in 1 Corinthians 3, uh, Paul and Apollos, everybody was bragging about them, choosing a side, choosing Peter or Paul or Apollos, Jesus, which side are you going to be on? And Paul was like, dude, like God is over the increase. Paul's, a, I water. Paul plants and God is over the increase. That's it. That's 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 how it works. We all are waterers and planters. We ain't over the harvest. God is. So whatever happens, if it's a great harvest, it's because of God. If it's a great ministry, it's because of God. If you're still breathing and still alive, it's because of God. It ain't because you take care of yourself and you only eat fruit and vegetables and, that's, and you eat healthy. No, it's because God wants you alive, right? So like, <laughs> there's so much to say with that. But let me go back to verse 41, man. Like, give thanks to God before the miracle even happens. Praise precedes victory. Yeah. Like, Jesus gave thanks to God before he even did anything. And that's mm. what the people saw. He gave thanks to God before he, before the, he didn't even, he didn't even do a miracle yet. <laughs> and you guys know what I'm saying. So how much do you thank God even before the deed is done? Right? Mm. Do you truly have faith and believe that God's going to break you through whatever situation you're in or situations you find yourself in life? Guys, God's going to do it. So you might as well just thank him before it happens. This is true faith. If you don't thank him before it happens, clearly you don't believe what you're proclaiming that you want to happen, right? So thank him before the miracle happens. Thank him even before our prayers are answered. This is how this is the, how the Christian life works. You need to be thankful all the time. What, you should be filled with thanksgiving because God's been too good to you, you know, to not be thankful.
You know, those blessings, I'm sorry for talking, guys, but those blessings that you want to happen, those things you want to happen in your life, those things that haven't happened yet, like that shouldn't be the end all be all in your relationship with God. You should just be enjoying who he is and what he's done for you. And that's it. Right. Mm -hmm. If he doesn't do anything else for you, he's already done enough. That's the way to live the Christian life. Thank you, Jesus, for the life I have and for what you already done. If you don't do anything else for me, you have been good, Father. You, you have been too good to me. That's how you blessings, right? And your heart. So if you don't really think that, then say it. So <laughs> he's not mocked, right? Sorry, guys. I had something. Something I, I really like as well, like the Meshach, Reshach, and Abednego. Like when they're about to be thrown into the thing, like God could deliver us. But I love the part, and of course we know that they got saved, but the part we always they said, even if he doesn't, though, like, God is still in the highest. Glory God credit, even if their prayer wasn't answered. I think we should really uh, always thank God for our prayers. Jesus knew the prayer was going to be answered. We don't know what God's plan is. His plan could be something better for us. He he, the end, just because he has something further down the road, or we need to uh, faith before then, but we should always be thanking God because uh, he's in. He's going to answer our prayers in ways that we probably won't expect. But I just love Daniel because they didn't know they were going to be saved or not. They had like a good, but they recognized that the glory. Glory still stayed with the gifter, not the prayer, but from where answered prayers came from. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You know, I really believe that there's a lot of Christians out there right now that are hearing all that we're saying. And there are some that are saying, you know, I receive it and I'm walking in it and I know exactly what you're talking about. But then there are some that are confused. And, and I really believe it ties off with, her, with verse 44, and it says, he that was dead came forth. You know, you have to understand that God has set you free from the power of sin and death. Mm. You have to understand that you are now beyond that, that you're not in that place anymore, and that the blood of Christ has set you free. And it says, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. You know, there's a lot of people out there, and, and, and I've been there myself, and, and there are some places in my life where I may still be there, that God's trying to show me that he's liberated me. But there are some people who are still living like they're dead. They still have their grave clothes on, even mm. though God has set them free, even though that they've been liberated from the power of sin. I've made statements in the past in my ministry. I've told people, you know, you're liberated from the power of sin. Join the liberation movement. You have to understand that you're free from sin and the consequence of sin. And I've heard people say, well, you ain't never free from the con. Yes, you are. He whom the sin sets free is free indeed. You know, when you're set free from the power of sin, that means your life is set free. Now, does that mean there's not a consequence? Yeah, there's a consequence you got to pay. But the bottom line is in eternity, you are set free from the power of sin and sin no longer has power over you. But there's so many people, listen to what I'm about to say, church, that are living in the hand and foot represents that it's the place that you touch and it's the place that you walk. So there's people that appear to still be walking dead. And then it says his face and his was bound with a napkin. There are some people who are still caught up 
in being dead when God says that you've been made alive. Okay. We, like, can I, can I tell you this? It isn't what it looks like. It, it isn't what it looks like. Sometimes your situation isn't exactly what it looks like. And just because it looks a certain way doesn't mean that it is a certain way. You know, it said, you know, and I like what it says here. Jesus said unto them, lose him and let him go. Sometimes, you know, you need to understand that God has sent people in your life to lose you and let you go. Sometimes you need to understand you've already been set free. You know, I, I, what I want to say to the church tonight in this particular scripture is that I want you to seek God in such a way that you never have before so that you can live like you've never been before. I, I want you to find a place of sanctity. I want you to find a place of solitude. I want you to find a place of rest. I want you to find a place where you can just get into the altar and seek his face and understand. And, you know, church, I'm only talking to the hungry people right now. See, only the hungry people can hear what I'm saying right now. It's it's the the people who are still set, the people who are still set on still doing their thing. They You can't hear me right now. But those people that are in that desperate place, those people that are desperate right now, you can hear what I'm saying. And you can hear that that God has set you free. And now God wants you to shake that stuff off, get off all those dead clothes and all that stuff that's dead out of your life. See, see, sometimes it's it, sometimes it involves certain people. Sometimes you got to shake off certain people. Sometimes you got to shake off certain places. And and, and sometimes you got to shake off certain things. You got to get things out of your life, people out of your life and places out of your life that continue to have you bound in a place of being dead. Um, you know, some, I like what Paul said, I die daily. You know, you have to die to yourself in order to live unto him. And if you can get to that place where you can start to get to that place where you're living for him and not for you, then you can shake those dead places off your life. And, and that's my prayer tonight for the church that you can, that you can shake that stuff off in your life that has continually had your bond. Because here's the tragedy. We can live year after year after year. And if we haven't seen any growth in our life, if we haven't seen any advancement in our life, if we haven't seen any things shake off in our life, I would question whether or not we really know the Lord. There needs to be a progressive place. I, lo I love how the Holy Spirit is. He empowers us. But he doesn't empower us to stay the same. He empowers us to change. He empowers us for change. Can you shout change? Shout change. Because that's what the Holy Spirit does. He, he enables us to change. God doesn't ask you to do something that he doesn't send you the power to do. Man, we got to redirect our focus and we got to redirect our direction in our life and understand that he has already made the way. If we will choose to accept it and walk in it. Now, is it always going to be easy? No. Is it always going to be comfortable? No. In fact, the, the, the daring Christians, the ones who go deeper and deeper in the Lord, are the ones that understand that this whole process is not comfortable. Yeah, just to piggyback on Terry, for Romans 6, I think somewhere in the middle talks about, about we've been saved from sin. We're no we're no longer bound by or connected to God, God through his grace. So if we've been saved from sin, do we still live? We've been saved from the law. Are we still saved by the law? No. And we make the decision 
option to continue to live in that grace. God saved us. I, I like that Sean pointed out that he told them to remove, um, remove like the the uh, corpse bandages. Um, like that, that's not something he did himself. He the others to do it, and I think that represents that even though we've been brought back to life, even in the same way that Jesus has been resurrected, dead to the law, dead to sin, as well to live a life that's pleasing to God, to offer our bodies, to live a life without those bandages, without that sin. Jesus and God can save us and like give us the power and the spirit to live a good that daily decision to, to do so. Amen. Yeah. I'm going to go back to verse 43. Then I'll go to 44 cuz I I know we got to tear that up guys. Like I I <laughs> cuz I remember you were talking about it. Yeah, so like good... uh, hey Stevens here by the way guys. Hey Steven. All right. So verse 43 and when he just has spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth, right? And we talked about how, I don't know if we said it, but Jesus didn't speak loud to penetrate the realm of the dead. So he didn't talk loud because he has to yell in order for the dead to hear him. No, he talked loud so everyone could hear precisely what he was about to command, his power over death. He wanted to show that everybody that the Father sent him, just all the same things we've been talking about, right? Everybody needs to know how powerful God is. God isn't limited and all of us limit him in some kind of way. And we don't have faith in him in some kind of way. When he hasn't never given us a reason to doubt him or doubt his capabilities or what he can do. And when he said, mm -hmm. you know, the words he does have spoken means after he has finished praying, he's about to give an action now, right? So this is verse 43. So one thing I want to ask everybody is, you know, what would happen if Jesus hadn't called Lazarus by name? You know, why did God call Lazarus by name when he's about to resurrect the dead, right? And that's verse 43 again. When he thus has spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Why did he say Lazarus? And one of my points was, you know, the resurrection power of his word would have opened every every grave if he didn't point out Lazarus, right? So, <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny. And then let's go to verse 43, like, I mean, verse 44 of John 11. And he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes, right? So he came forth. So how did Lazarus come forth, right? Did he hobble his way out? Like, did he wobble his way out? Like, that's what everybody's asking, a lot of scholars and commentators, because commentators, because it differs from Jesus. Why, when Jesus was, you know, why when Jesus was resurrected from the dead, you know, his grave clothes was already off. Like, he didn't have to hobble his way out. Matter of fact, the stone was already moved. So why was Jesus' situation so perfect and Lazarus still had on his grave, clo grave clothes and napkin, right? And there's significance with that. Terry, I wonder if you had anything to say with that. But uh, the whole point, I'm going to talk about Lazarus hobbling his way out, right? So it doesn't matter if he hobbled his way out. It doesn't matter if he hopped his way out because he still had the grave clothes on. All that matters was he was risen from the dead. And that's the point with everybody else, guys. It doesn't matter how you got in your situation. It doesn't matter, you know, what your situation is. You know, how that, uh, it doesn't matter how that dead circumstance became alive again. 
all that matters if you if you're no longer dead if that situation in your life that dead marriage that dead relationship that dead career isn't dead anymore that's all that matters did jesus resurrected for you right so we should all be experiencing these resurrections in our life right we should be experiencing heaven here on earth you know it doesn't matter if you stumble into death if if you crawl the way to your blessing or anything it doesn't matter if you used to run faster than what you used to run now you you don't run as fast as you used to to your blessings just long as you still get the victory you guys see what i'm saying so that's the lack of occasion with that too did you guys have anything to say before i keep on going well i mean i it just really goes back to people are different levels man you know yeah. some people won't come out better than others man some people can bleed better but i but i believe that there's you know, the group of people who've been cast down for so long, man, that they just don't know that they can get out of it, man. And we all come out different ways. We all come out different ways. Me, you, and Einstein, we came out different ways, man. Yeah. You know, we, we, we're not all the same, you know, in our situations, our backgrounds, our faith levels, our walks with Christ. We're not the same. We're not the same. And I thank God for that because not so much that anyone is better than another. Any anointing is better than the other. That That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is we all have a story and every story is relevant. All the, every story matters. And God's called us to to minister to certain people. And, and as we minister through this threefold cord tonight, there's going to be people that flock to you. There's going to be people that flock to him. And there's going to be people that flock to me. Why is that? Well, thanks for asking. The reason that is, is because, you know, we all have a different anointing. We have a different calling. We have a different place. We have a different position. I thank God. I don't want to be like you. I don't want to think like you. I don't want to talk like you. I don't want to look like you. I don't want the same anointing you got. I don't want the same revelation you got. I don't want the same voice you got. I don't want the same anything you got. I love you in Christ. You're my brother. I love you. I hug your neck. I'll slap you upside your head, but I don't want nothing you got. I don't want nothing you got. I want to be me. I'll be me. I'll buy myself with me and him. Because really, at the end of the day, that's all that matters, because he took me out of me and mine and made me who I am today. And I'm so thankful for that because I don't have to be the same. I uh, thank God how he pulled me out and brought me up and set me up and stand me up. And now I can walk it up and now I can be who I am. I don't have to worry about being like anybody else. I can be me all by myself with him in my life. And now I can preach to, to the people that he wants me to preach to. I thank God for that. But I love what he said. He said, you know, and, and I, the, the next few verses really kind of touch home to me. Because the next few verses really are about the naysayers and the haters. I'm about to talk to you tonight, haters and naysayers, all the ones who all the ones who enjoy seeing the misery of somebody else. All all you out there who like to see who who like to see somebody walk in victory and then you want to try to pick their life apart and you want to try to criticize them and you want to try to cast them down. You want to try to bring them down to your level. Well, I'm a living proof that God does do miracles. And not only does he do it once, but he does it twice. And he'll do it three times, four times, five times, seven times, whatever it takes to show his glory to the church. I thank God that he doesn't leave us the same. I thank God that continues to mess with us and shake us up on the inside, no matter what we look like, no matter how we're living, no matter what we're doing. He still loves us all by ourselves. I love it. I love how God will continue to shake us and break us right in our circumstances and situations and love us love us all at the same time because he'll he'll move us out of our situation move us up into a greater level and he'll do it in front of everybody that hates us mm. you know what i'm talking about right now i know there's people within the sound of my voice that hear me and know what exactly what i'm talking about 
they, they've been hurt by the church. They've been hurt by pastors. They've been hurt by church leaders. They've been hurt by fellow church members. They've been hurt by the lost. They've been hurt by coworkers. They've been hurt by friends. Heck, they've been hurt by people that said that I love you. And yet they were hurt and they were hurt beyond recognition. And they didn't know if they were ever going to make it back. I'm one of those people because I understand what it's like to trust somebody and yet be let down. Am I talking to anybody right now? See, the haters go out there and they start to talk about the miracles of God in your life. And they jealous because God's doing something big in your life and he's not doing something big in theirs. But can I tell you, when you can be happy for somebody else, when you can pray for somebody else, when you can be thankful for somebody else and what God's doing in their life, then maybe you'll start to see God work in your life. And I love these scriptures because as we go along, it says that the people went and spoke to, to you know, they said, it, you know, I, I like, let me read it to you where it says, but some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what, G, what things Jesus had done. They're going to the self-righteous people. They're going to the people that think they're saved. They're going to the people that think they got it all figured out. But I love how Jesus is a discerner of hearts because when he came to, when he came to the earth to do his ministry, he was clearly, he said, I didn't come to save the righteous, but the lost. I didn't come to save all of you people that think you got it all figured out. I came to save those that are broken. And that know they need a savior. And he says, but some of them went their ways and told the Pharisees and said what things that Jesus had done. You know, I'm going to tell you, listen to me what I'm about to say. When you get saved and you start walking in Christ and you start really going after God, get ready because opposition is going to come. See, we don't talk enough about this as pastors and as leaders and as ministers of the gospel. We don't try to prepare the church for the opposition that's going to come their way. It's going to come. He's going to attack your life. He's going to attack your marriage. He's going to attack everything that is you. He's going to attack your life, your work. He's going to attack everything that is you. And you have to know who the enemy is or you're going to start to blame God. And you're going to start to walk away from God. And you're going to start to, to, start to believe that God is against you. But I came here tonight to tell you that in a great opposition is great opportunity. Can you shout amen? Great opposition is great opportunity because verse 47 says, then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees, the council and said, what do we for this man doeth miracles? See, there's going to be a jealous a group of people that are going to be jealous when they see what God's doing in your life and they're going to want to stop it. And they think that they're doing the will of God. They think they're doing the right thing because they just cannot see. They're blinded. And, and, and the devil can use all the wink winks. And he says, if we thus let him alone, all men will believe on him. You dang right, baby. You darn right. I want every man to believe on the Holy Spirit, on Jesus Christ and the kingdom of heaven. And that they, they can be saved through the sacrifice of our Lord and Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. And the Romans shall come and take away both our place and our nation. Let me tell you something, people. When you start walking in victory and you start walking in the Lord, there's going to be people that think that you come to take their position. There's going to be people that come to think that you come to take away. I love the, I love the whole context of this entire story. Because as you look at it, you can see where God chose somebody who didn't even know that they were chosen. And they died. They were in their sin and they died. And Jesus showed up to their family and in his situation and rose him up and sent people along the path. You know, one of my confessions is God continue to send people across my path to minister your word to me. And sent people across his path to remind him that he was no longer dead, but now was alive. And those same people, as we undergird and strengthen one another, 
when the opposition comes, we'll stand strong together. And I want you to know that sometimes all you can do is encourage yourself, man. Encourage yourself. But you got to see the bigger picture. We have to be, be big picture thinkers. We have to understand that our situation is bigger than ourselves, greater than ourselves, and that God has a greater plan. And that when we're in the midst of our situation, we can't narrow it down to the today and the tomorrow, but in the future, in the greatest time, expansive time that there is. And to understand that every impact of everything that goes on is for a greater purpose. John 50 says, 1150 says, nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people and that the whole nation perish not. Man, I just pray every day, God, make me a big thinker. Help me not to be narrowed down to my situation and circumstance of now and know that there's a greater plan in my life and that that part of that plan involves me and my obedience to the gospel. And when I understand that, I can walk in total victory no matter what I'm going through. No matter what I'm going through, I'm speaking to you tonight, no matter what you're going through, victory is a choice. It's a choice. How you see life is a choice. How you, how you respond to the situations in your life is a choice. And I whole entire choice is based on where your true faith is. If your faith is in people and situations, you're going to fail. If it's in the, if it's in the system, you're going to fail. If it's in a, a, a worldly government, it, you're going to fail. But when it's in the one who's conquered everything, who's conquered the whole entire universe, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, Jesus Christ, when you put your faith in him, nothing can shake you. Nothing. And you don't have to worry about the naysayers and the haters because I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter what you do to me. doesn't matter what you say about me. Truth. I said, truth will always prevail. Yeah. Well, you go. I got so much to say, Justin. <laughs> like, I want to pull it out of you guys. Like, verse 44 starts off and saying, he that was dead came forth. So the Lord commanded Lazarus to come forth, and he did. And that's the power of God's word. You know, the power of God's word, word resurrected this man. So what can God do when he speaks into your life? Don't you already know that he's already spoken over your life? He already ordained and has orchestrated and has already written your story right now. It's already written. It's already done. Those things that you thought weren't going to, you weren't going to never, <laughs> that was never going to happen for you. Those things that you thought were impossible in your life, those situations that you found yourself in that you were hopeless and you and you were in your worst impossible situation of life god can turn it around and this is what happened like some of the points i had was you know all hope was lost for mary and martha and everyone felt as if this impossible situation everybody felt as if this was an impossible situation and that is the power of the word of god god can take an impossible situation and turn it around you know jesus spoke and by the power of his word a dead man came back to life in an instance right it didn't take time it was in an instance and that's what happens with god he could turn around suddenly right so like don't lose hope don't give up if you're discouraged and you're losing hope this is god's word you got jesus praying for you interceding for you right the resurrection power of god was made manifest uh that day for our healing for our understanding for us to receive hope and know how the power of god works through our circumstances right 
And there's so much to say when, when God speaks. I'm not even going to talk about the creation story that you guys know how what happens when God speaks with all creation. And we're talking about creation. What is your little situation compared to making the sun, the universe, space? And we said it in, in the Psalms uh, 148, and that lesson me and Justin did. In Psalms 148, 95% of space or 90% of space have yet to been discovered yet. 90% of space, guys. That's how much God made, 90%. 85% of the sea has yet to been discovered yet. That's a lot, right? And we even talking about everything else, all the creatures that there, that there are, you know, how complex the human body is. If God can do all these things, what is your situation compared to that? You know, when God speaks, everything changes. When God speaks, all creation got to sit down and listen and bow down and move and go around wherever he said go and move to, right, guys? So, guys, he still speaks and he's going to speak over your situation. He already done it. So thank him. Thank him right now. And so there's so much else to say about that too, but I'm going to say it with all my points. Another point I had was, you know, talking about Lazarus walking to Jesus again, right? One of my points was, you know, your faith can be brought back to life if you loose yourself from all the things weighing you down in this life, right? Another point I had was oftentimes in a Christian life, we find it difficult to walk because we are tied down and weighed down because of the things in our lives, so what do you need to shake off? What do you what distractions do you need to let loose for you to walk this Christian life to, in the right way that God wants you to walk it? Right. And one of my favorite passages in the Bible is Hebrews 12. We should totally do a lesson on it, guys, by the way. I'm going to talk about verse one because I ran track and we need to do a lesson on it. Hebrews 12 one says this. Wherefore, seeing we are encompassed with about with such a great cloud of witnesses. So all the ancestors, all the people of old, all the Jacob, uh, David, uh, Moses, you know, so many people, Isaac, all these great people of faith, right? We're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses who practiced the word of God, who knew how God operated, who taught us. And now we got to run our race, right? And so this is what this is talking about, Hebrews 12. Let us lay aside every weight in the sin which doth so easily beset us, so easily entangle us, easily hold us down and hold us bondage so that we can run our race with patience and run the race that God has set before us. Guys, you... People in track don't wear boots, right? You never seen anybody in 100 meters in the Olympics wear boots or wear a swim or, or wear a big old jacket because it will weigh them down. You can't, especially doing a high jump or pole vault, you can't wear just layers because the littlest thing, even your butt, if it hits the pole, you lost, right? So you want to take off everything to where you can run the race effectively. Nothing's holding you back. And that's what the Christian life is. It's a race. And God wants you to run it effectively right? Run it the best that you possibly can. So you got to lay aside anything that's discouraging you, anything that's holding you back from uh, the hope that's before you, right? Look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, right? So <laughs> there's so much to say with that, but I got to keep on going. And mm -hmm. something else to know too is, uh, you know, John's goal in this whole entire passage in John 11 and the whole book of John, but really just focusing on John 11. He's trying to show everybody and claim to everybody that Jesus is the resurrection and life. That was the whole point of what Jesus said when it came to Lazarus coming from the dead. He wanted everybody to know that eternal life, you know, life comes from me. Life after death comes from me. I am the only way to the Father. I am the resurrection. You're not going to be a part of the resurrection and get new bodies and be a part of God's kingdom if you don't believe I am the resurrection and the life, right? So this miracle was so crazy, just going back with what Terry said, that the Pharisees and everybody really knew who Jesus was because everybody saw Lazarus was dead. 
They saw the whole decaying process like we talked about in previous videos, right? He turned green. He smelt, right? He started having maggots. Like, you know what I'm saying? So he, everybody saw this reverse. So it said that with this passage in this setting that everybody believed. A lot of people believed. A lot of people saw this. And they told other people. It was so crazy. And it made the haters hate even more. And they really came at this. And they even tried to kill Lazarus, right? And so that's what happens when you do God's work. You know, haters are going to come, man, especially when you're really doing God's work, like Terry was saying. But one thing I was going to say was, you know, men could not ignore the evidence. And they can't ignore it today. You know, so who is Jesus to you? What will you do with Jesus? Do you believe that he's the resurrection of life, right? And you have to decide what you would, what are you going to do with Jesus? And my last point is, I mean, I got so many, but my last point is, is any part of your life dead? You know, is, is any part of your life hopeless and you feel defeated and you've just given up on it? This is the things you need to give to Jesus. He can resurrect it. He can turn that marriage that your health, your finances, your hope, your, uh, res your, your, uh, what's I trying to say? Your resume. I don't know what to say. Your resume. Your, you know what I'm trying to say, guys. Like, but he can turn it all around, guys. So, yeah, there's so much more I want to say. But you guys have anything else? I think that everything you're saying, like, it made me think of our lesson about the, um, the no Jesus to heal his daughter. Um, I think it was his daughter. And to come as well, and it has a lot of similarities to this, but because we a lot of times we put Jesus in a box, even though we say we believe in God, even we believe that He can answer our prayers. Sometimes we we mentally limited just because we're um, inferior creatures. We're stuck in, in the can't comprehend the full glory. Glory of God. So we a lot of these people on the gospels that Jesus can do. That Martha doubted that, that what Jesus could do, convinced to let the stone be rolled away. The <clears throat> nobleman thought that I'm with him um, in order to heal. But we see here that Jesus power over um, time and space and distance and so a lot of times we, when we pray, we have to be open to God's glory. Like we have to believe he can really do something. We, I, I don't like it's just realistic. They're, no, they're not. They're pessimistic. We have our biological inclination to just assume the worst of things, which has allowed us to survive. We, when we were, or when we were like a scavengers, like we just places where we were. But nowadays, like we, we our minds still, still remember Murphy's Law, whatever, whatever can happen will happen. And usually we just think the that's what we've kind of done with God's blessings as well. We think sometimes, <clears throat> but we say, oh, we're, we're realistic and just assume the least minimum of answered prayers the bare minimum of god working in our lives no we believe that god can do this this thing sometimes the answer times he has a different plan but we really have to believe first that's why jesus was imploring where's your faith where is your um demonstration 
expression of faith towards God and his power. Like we, he's to Lazarus to be raised from the dead. I'm not, I'm not sure what uh, these people were, were expecting to roll that stone away. But we know from the beginning, they didn't know, they didn't think power to do this. Like this was a huge demonstration of his power. And like still, that's why when when some of my when my uh, I'm not gonna name names <laughs> when I have like friends who like well say, say if God really exists today, gosh, Jesus did show himself and perform miracles like this, but we still have doubts. Um, so uh, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna repeat everything. An awesome job, but we need to like be sure that we take away our grave don't live in that sin but we believe that god can pull us out of it one way or another and that is um terry was saying like we each had our own path god asked. and i think that's a beautiful thing because it shows that that we're all different assets of god like we were born in the image of god but no person is completely Completely like God, like God, God is like a diamond. He has different faces, and we shine in a different facet of the diamond. Like we channel that, that spirit. God lets us have our individuality. Pull away the stone. All we have to do is get out of the way, and God can use us. Use our our um, where we've been, our paths, who we are, to push other people who are just like us. Like um, I can, I, I love that in the verses before this too, that it showed that there were many giving their condolences for uh, Mary and Martha for over the death of Lazarus, so who were there to witness Jesus's power. That's an amazing thing about Jesus is he could reach a lot of people in a way. In that I'm just me. Terry's just Terry. But to like together with all all the followers and ambassadors of the kingdom of God as well, God has given us a unique story to reach. I don't know people in the bio, people in uh, computer programming um, companies, or people who are just amazing that God is able to use ourselves as long as we roll that stone away, as long as knows for His Spirit. And not get in his way, not to put him in a box. Terry, you gonna say something? Yeah, I just want to say that uh, in verse forty-four, um, it says, "And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound with a napkin." Jesus said unto them, "Loose him and let him go." Um. I believe that in simple terms, that's the gospel. I believe that's the gospel. I believe that we overcomplicate it. We overthink it. We overtry it. We overdo it. And it's just simple, man. He said that you have been liberated from the power of sin. It said, lose him and let him go. If Jesus said it, then I believe it. And if it's in red in the word, then I believe that it's from Jesus. And if Jesus said it, I believe I can do it. I'm a fanatic. I'm a fanatic. I, I'm just crazy enough to believe that the Bible is true and that what it says I can do. 
I, I, I'm crazy enough to believe that. I, I may be a lunatic. I may be crazy. I may be whatever label you want to put on me. But I really believe that what the word says is true. And I believe that if Jesus said, loose him and let him go, I, I believe that's speaking to me right now. And, and it doesn't matter as you read the, the following verses. It really doesn't matter. Oh, man, I'm about ready to preach right now to somebody that needs to hear this. It doesn't matter what the haters say. They don't determine your destiny. And they certainly don't determine your future. And they don't determine your, 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 your current situation. Because everything works to good to those that love God and those that are the called according to his purpose, even if it doesn't feel good right now. And, you know, it's crazy because what God will do is he will send a spirit of confusion into the very enemies that have tried to come against you. They don't even know what they're doing at that point. They start coming against themselves. They become their own worst enemy. But but I like how God always works it out for good because. In verse 50. 50 he says nor consider that it is expedient for us that no man should die for the people and that the whole nation should perish not so so we go back and they start to try to rationalize well well this is what the word says this is what you know here's the thing though they were so far away from god and thought that they were righteous that when jesus showed up in their face they didn't even know who he was they had no recognition of who Jesus was, and he was standing there right in front of their face. And these were believers who professed that they know him. Whew. And can I tell you, you don't have to worry about what no one says. You don't have to worry about what no one has, has said about you. You don't have to worry about, you know, one thing that really gets me is when people come up to me and they go, well, i got a word for you. Oh, the Holy Spirit of God told me this about you. And I look at him and go, get out of my face, devil. I don't want to hear nothing you got to say. Because God hasn't told me that. And God's going to tell me before he tells you. Why? Because I'm in, I'm in a relationship with him. He's not going to let me be deceived. He's not going to let me to receive some kind of bad revelation from you and make that real in my life. You know, uh, I, I just want to speak to the people right now and just tell you, that God has a greater purpose and that God has a greater plan and that it doesn't matter what you've been through or what you're going through now. It's, it's what God's going to do in your life and is already working on doing in your life. So you have to expect that God is already doing something great in your life so that you can get to the place where he's trying to get you in, in your life. You have to know that he's got a place and a position. How, how, the Bible says that the people perish where there is no vision. You have to have a vision and you have to know. So like, I believe I really, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm, a, I'm crazy. Okay. I, I'm really crazy. I believe that Lazarus already had the vision before he died. I believe that when Jesus showed up and said, Lazarus come forth, he already knew his name and already knew it was his place to rise above. I believe he already had the end from the beginning, I believe God already put it in his heart to know that even though he was going to die, it wasn't forever. Wow. I believe that when Lazarus was laying in the tomb, he already knew what his name was and already knew that his Savior was on his way. I believe he wasn't distressed. I believe that everyone who knew him was distressed. I believe that the people who didn't know Jesus were distressed because, but I believe that Lazarus had a peace. I believe that Lazarus already knew he was coming out. How many of you know that you can come out, but yet know, not know how to come out? How many of you know that you can come out, but yet know, not know how to stay out? 
How many of you know that you can come out and not even realize that you are out? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm speaking to you tonight. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm speaking to you tonight. See, he came out. He made out of even realized that he was out, but he knew he was coming out because he knew he was coming out before he even went out. <laughs> I knew that he was already coming to the other side of his situation. Uh, and, and I came here tonight into this live stream with my brother, Chris, and my brother, Justin, to tell you that God is faithful. He's been faithful to me. He's been faithful to my two brothers on this live stream tonight. Hmm. I want to encourage you to give your life to Jesus. I want to encourage you to repent of your sin Give your life to Jesus in spirit and in truth. Humble yourself in the mighty presence of God and let him exalt you in due season. I want to tell you tonight that heaven knows you by first name. Heaven knows you. They, they've identified you as being theirs. What, what do you mean theirs? I'm talking about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I'm talking about the citizens of heaven. I'm talking about those who have preceded heaven before you. I'm talking about those who, who, are, who already know that you're part of the kingdom. I want to speak life into your situation and ask you to repent and give your life to Jesus. I'm going to give this, uh, this spotlight over to, to our leader of this uh, live stream and ask you to uh, let him speak life into your situation and, and lead you to the cross. Yeah, appreciate it. Did you have anything else you want to say, Justin, before I end it? No, I think we got it. All right, cool. Yeah, last thing I was gonna, um, we just, yeah, last thing I was gonna say no, was, oh, it's slow. I'll let him talk. <laughs> now you go, go for it. Okay, cool. Yeah, I just want to let everybody know, you know, Jesus has the power over everything. Jesus right. has power. That's that's the quote, right? And like Terry said, the last verse, and he that was dead came forth. You gotta come forward. You know, will you try Jesus, man? Will you come forward and try him, man? Bound hand and foot. Like, you got to understand, Lazarus was dead. So no matter how bad your situation looks, have you ever seen a dead body? Like, I've ne I will never get used to seeing a dead body, especially of somebody I love, right? It's totally different than a live body, right? That feeling, that icky feeling, like the heartbreak, you know, just to, you know what I'm trying to say, the fear factor. Like, that's what uh -huh. some people's situations look like. And Jesus can turn it around, right? So Jesus is greater than that darkness. Jesus is greater than that wickedness. Jesus is greater than that evil. Jesus is greater than that dark force. You know, our Redeemer is greater than it all. So try <laughs> Jesus, man. And so the Almighty God has the power to resurrect anything that was once dead. Man, right? you got me on fire, Chris. <laughs> you got me on fire over here, dude. Keep on yeah. preaching, man. I can see that tenacity in your... And the way you you shape her mouth, man, you got that you got that tenacity, man. Yeah. Come on, bring it. So that's the title of the lesson: conquering the <laughs> ultimate enemy, man. The ultimate enemy is death. Death is something everybody fears, but Jesus already conquered it. He's the resurrection and the death. So you thought he can just take care of your situations in life, and that's it? No, he already took care of the situation that everybody tries to avoid. He already took care of the situation that everybody doesn't want to happen. And they they wait they 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 work all their lives to avoid, but it's gonna happen. Death, right? Jesus conquered that. The <laughs> ultimate enemy, right? 
Jesus did that. So what can you do in your life right now? Are you going to let him do something right now? Because when you, if you already did accept him as your Lord and Savior, if you already then accepted him and you believe like Martha and like David and like Moses and like uh, Elijah, if you believe like them, <laughs> you're bound for the promised land, man. You got to believe, man. Man, so God can only take you as far as your faith allows him. So allow him to take you even further in this life, man. Don't wait till death to see him at work. See him now. So that's the lesson, guys. I pray you guys enjoyed it, man. Like with John 11, and we went through uh, verses 17 to 27, and then we skipped all the way to verse 38 to 44. So I pray you enjoyed all the three lessons that we did. And uh, make sure to share this video with everybody you think is going to benefit. And go ahead and subscribe to uh, everybody's YouTube channel. You know, here goes my YouTube channel, Upload Past Crossroads. We're streaming right now live from it. And then make sure to check out all the videos that we've done on John 11, we're probably going to keep on adding to it in the future. I'll definitely have animations, preferably one day, if the Lord's willing, on my playlist of stuff like this on my YouTube channel. If you're, more, if you're interested in more lessons on Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, check out that. If you're interested in all the Sunday school lessons we're going to be doing, you know, check out that as well. We've got more coming from you on Friday, preferably. We talk about uh, Revelations 21, verse 1 through 9. So it's about to be crazy. If you join in with us on that, and then next Friday will be Revelations 21 verses like 11 through or 10 through 21, something like that. So, yeah, get ready for those, guys. And then uh, here goes all the rest of my social media pages as well. And I'm trying to get all of Terry's and Justin's social media pages, but here goes Terry's YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe to this. All right. And I'll make sure to put it in the description of this video as well so you guys know, have easy access to get to their uh, YouTube channels and their social media pages and then here goes justin's youtube channel chaplain logs make sure to check out that and uh yeah and follow him on facebook as well and yeah we'll got we gotta figure out terry's uh, facebook situation but you guys pray for that for us but thanks for tuning in guys you guys are awesome make sure to share this video with other people you think is going to bless and i pray that everybody was blessed by this and god resurrects every single situation you ever find yourself in in this life in jesus name amen i pray that everybody receives the resurrection power this week through all your circumstances and you keep on praying, you keep on believing and God rewards you for your faith and that hope that you have in him. And just now pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in guys. See you guys later.